Sometimes you choose courage, and at other times it's forced upon you. Courage Unraveled is a podcast series where you get to listen to insights, discussions, conversations, and stories from people from all walks of life. You'll be served with dollops of courage, resilience, and strength here. So come along and be educated and inspired. You just may find new ways to flex your own courage muscle. My name is Sana Turnock, and I'm your host. Hello and welcome to Courage Unraveled. Wherever you are in the world, I say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I love the fact that this podcast is being heard across parts of the world. Hello to you in Western Australia, Victoria, Canberra, USA, France, Ireland, England, Hong Kong, Canada, New Zealand and the Philippines. This is where my listeners are so far. I can't believe that we are in Series 3. Today, you have me all to yourself. I'm stepping up and showing my vulnerability as I open up about childhood trauma, my own. Before I begin, I would like to preface this by saying that my mum and I have spoken about my going public, as by doing so, I would be sharing some of her story too. She has given me her blessing. It's a real privilege to be able to share these inspiring podcasts of courage with you. The work undertaken takes many hours to put together and is self-funded. Become a Courage Unraveled patron on Patreon, and not only will you be supporting the podcast, you will also be helping yourself by investing in your own courage. Get access to pre-release episodes and patron-only specials. It's easy being a patron, and the first tiers are less than two coffees per month. Cultivate and flex your courage muscle by signing up for a one-to-one Grow Into My Courage program and grab your very own journal. You grow your courage muscle by activating it. Listen to the podcasts, grab yourself the Courage Journal, sign up to the Grow Into My Courage program and become a patron. After this episode, head over to courageunravel.com. It's all happening there. Grow into your courage today. So what have I got to share? Well, there are three things. One is living in a home where domestic violence was part of the fabric of family life for 17 years of my life. Two, living in a home where the violence extended to us children. And three, living in a home with a parent who had a gambling addiction and how that impacted day-to-day living as well as my life after I left my childhood family home. Living in this type of environment perpetuates fear and that's pretty much how we lived a lot of the time. You don't know that whatever move you make or word you speak could bring about verbal or physical abuse You learn to tiptoe around the perpetrator, holding your breath, holding your tongue, trying to not rock the boat. I felt the injustice when one of us would get belted and we didn't do anything. It was hard to witness mum getting hit and then to see the bruises come up the next day. To my young mind, there was never any reason for it. My father just had a temper which could flare up at any moment. When dad would lose a week's wage, his, mum's or both, the energy of the house would be very quiet, even sombre. Dad would wallow and worry. I remember being old enough to question where was the money to put food on the table, pay the bills and clothes going to come from. I recall wearing hand-me-downs a lot and I remember not liking having to wear someone else's clothes. As a child I noticed that other people had a different smell from me. On good days there was conversation, affection, generosity and the occasional joke. We would go out and visit friends and relatives and have a, a good social time. 
I also remember the poker nights. Dad and three or four of his buddies played poker in a smoke-filled room. The Turkish coffee would be on tap. It would just keep being brewed. It was what kept them awake and able to play sometimes for 10 hours straight. As the server of the coffee, I remember getting tips, usually about $5, and that's a lot of money back in those days. Some nights I remember walking away with about $20 just for handing out coffee. I thought that was a pretty good gig. The best time, though, was when my father decided to travel. He would leave for months at a time, sometimes for a year. He would usually go back to Macedonia. It would have been really hard on my mum being a single parent, but you know what? I remember the lightness I felt and the lightness we all actually felt when Dad wasn't around. We could let our bodies relax. We could be ourselves. We could breathe. And we laughed more. When children within the same family grow up and become adults, they take away their own stories, their views, and behaviours and patterns from experiencing childhood trauma. And there has been a lot of that that I've taken from this early life, which became formative patterns of behaviour, and not all patterns have been great. I was super sensitive, hyper-anxious, and uh, had a lot of anger and rage, especially when I was younger. My memory's also affected, lots of blanks, and when I'm stressed or feel overloaded, uh, information tends to drop out. I'm uh, an overachiever and a constant striver. People certainly notice that. I am very sensitive. So as a, as a younger person, as a teenager, I was a draw card for bullies, struggled a lot with criticism, especially what I would consider unfounded. There was also plenty of self-worth issues, not good enough, not deserving, and financial dysfunction. And for the longest time, I had a poverty consciousness mindset whenever I tried to do well financially, things just simply wouldn't work out. Along with all of that, there was health issues, especially my adrenal glands, my nervous system, and plenty of gut issues. I remember not being too fussed with father figures or male authority figures. Didn't really like too much responsibility or being committed to much. I also remembered in my 20s and even 30s and 40s being triggered a lot by certain films. Two films that come to mind were Once Were Warriors and Clockwork Orange. I still find it difficult being around lots of noise and people yelling and also seeing children being harmed or hearing about it or even reading about it. Happy to say, though, there are some positives. Resilience, grit, perseverance and I have a pretty good emotional pain tolerance. I've worked through a lot of this for many, many years, over 20 years, so you know I'm pretty well-versed in lots of different forms of self-development, but I remember going to a doctor and they said, Sana, you know, you have PTSD, but to be honest, you have resilience. So that made me feel pretty good at the time. I thought, well, she's a doctor, she'd be seeing a lot of people come in and out of her office. The positives are also around lots of healing opportunities. So for me, actually receiving a lot of healing in various forms and also becoming a healer. I was a healer for about 20 years before I decided to change careers again. And being sensitive has helped me be able to tune in to other people's suffering, for want of a better word. I studied natural therapies, energy modalities like Reiki, aromatherapy, massage, reflexology and other forms of energy work, which has been absolutely fantastic. I have gathered a lot of food nutrition awareness and did some studies in that. I have meditated since I was 19. So I have a good sense of well-being or understanding the foundations of well-being and how important that is in people's lives. And I'm incredibly grateful the older I've become, the more motivated towards service and contribution I have become. 
I had a pretty serious, I guess, I don't know what you call it, a body-mind breakdown back in 2016. And that really provided an amazing appreciation for the healing capacity of our body and mind, especially when we let ourselves get out of the way. My sense of discipline and honesty is, is pretty high too. I was listening to an interview between Lady Gaga and Oprah recently, and Lady Gaga was talking about her own pretty serious challenges, and which were mental health challenges, and she spoke about radical acceptance. I'd never heard of this concept before, but I started thinking about it, and it's really about accepting, you know, as it says, radically accepting certain things about your life. For me, I have come to really accept, I've had to come to accept what happened in my early life. It's just part of the fabric of who I am. I've had to come to radically accept that my father never apologised for what he did and what took place regarding his actions and the also the emotional harm he put everyone through. He never believed that he did anything wrong and so I had to really work through that. There's also the radical acceptance of knowing that I survived, as did my mother and my siblings, and that I'm resilient. I have to have the radical acceptance of really knowing that there are some threads that I still can't seem to break and some behaviours I'm not able to change, but I can weaken them or turn the volume down on particular behaviours. This is what's in my control. The other thing I have to come to radically accept is that sometimes my brain doesn't always function well when I get stressed or overwhelmed. So self-care is really important for me and for my family. And it's important that I communicate this to my family when things are going downhill so that we are all supportive at home. You know, I find it really remarkable with regards to this kind of life I led early on. It is a gift because it's really helped me work on myself for a very long time and I really appreciate the importance of doing that and the wisdom you gain as a human being by being able to understand yourself better. Childhood trauma like what I've experienced has given me a better understanding of what resilience actually is. There's a clinical psychologist called Maria Sirios I came across her definition and she describes resilience as being building capacity for the long haul. I agree with that. I also have come to understand courage better. While an external action may make someone appear courageous, it really is about being heartfelt, you know, putting yourself in a vulnerable position. You don't do an action to be courageous you only generally see it in yourself in hindsight, but you can quickly see it in others, right? And I'm sure we all know someone who's been courageous. You can see it more than that, perhaps, than what they can. And also vulnerability, how we become larger and more courageous and compassionate through the intimacy of knowing ourselves and being willing to allow others to see and feel that vulnerability from us. Now, let me tell you, I did not like feeling vulnerable for the longest time because as a kid, you know, you're vulnerable, and you're honest and you're open and you're just beautiful that certainly back in those days to be vulnerable meant that I, I got hurt. So for me, the wall started to appear. Only recently have I allowed myself to become more vulnerable again. And I guess this podcast is, is my way of also starting to show that.
I would like to share with you a research paper that I came across and it's called the Adverse Childhood Experience Study, ACEs. Some of you may already know about it, but for those of you who don't, it's a pretty remarkable longitudinal study. There were 17,000 people that participated in this study and it was about how exposure to adversity affects brain and body development in children. The childhood trauma could be physical, emotional, mental. It could be sexual abuse, emotional neglect, parental illness, substance dependence, incarceration, domestic violence, separation or or divorce. What it found was that for those 17,000 people that had participated, 67% of those had one or more of those uh, adverse childhood experiences. One in eight had four or more of those ACEs. Health problems increased at a minimum of two and a half times that of someone who hadn't experienced any childhood adverse experience. There were also people who had four or more of these ACE scores. What it showed was that people who fell into these categories, they were two and a half times more likely to get chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder, hepatitis, four and a half times more likely to get depression, 12 and a half times likely to have thoughts around suicide. The pleasure and reward centre in the brain was skewed. And then there was neurological maladaptation. So there was a correlation between neurological misbehaviour and high doses of chronic childhood trauma. I guess the neurons just stopped firing the way they normally would in the brain. Also, the body can get stuck in fright or flight response, especially when the body is in a constant state of stress. I found that mine was. And then there's high risks of cancer and heart disease. It's a pretty remarkable study to have discovered all of these things about people who have gone through lots of trauma. Taking a slightly different route now, I just wanted to quickly outline the difference between courage and bravery because it seems to get used interchangeably a lot and there is a difference. So courage really involves fear and requires like a mental strength to face adversity or a challenge of the heart. And you move through the fear courageously. Now with bravery, it's actually an attribute that someone can have naturally. It's something, yeah, that you can simply have. That certainly hasn't been me. I wasn't born with being brave. I don't have that attribute. For the longest time, I felt like the the cowardly line from The Wizard of Oz, I was always hiding or wanting to speak out. You can gather from my early description in my home life, that's the reason why my voice was suppressed. I spoke about healing earlier and the healing strategies that I found worked for me were Reiki and Pranic healing. And I really liked those because I didn't have to talk about my issues and I preferred that. Also bush flower essences, essential oils, keeping a journal. I did that for years and years. Horse therapy, which was absolutely amazing. Meditation, which has been fantastic. Buddhism, I found that to be incredibly helpful. Going on retreats, having a really good awareness of food, being in nature, walking, hiking. And I did go and see psychologists as well from time to time. But as I mentioned earlier, I much rather prefer things like Reiki and pranic healing because for some reason worked very well for me. Perhaps it's because of my sensitivity levels from an energetic perspective. I don't know whether any of you have heard of this Japanese term called kintsugi. Kintsugi is like this art that the Japanese do where they they highlight cracks 
in ceramics with silver or gold. And they do this, they use, you know, these expensive metals to honour the cracks, give dignity to the scars and to not hide them. And, you know, over the course of time, we all have our scars. Some you can see and some you cannot. But I really love this analogy and, and I really feel sometimes that my emotional and mental body really have gone through kintsugi. And I, I can imagine that some of you who are listening to this can also relate to that and have over the course of time thought, you know what, yep, I've been through that. These are my scars. This is who I am. I'm not going to hide anymore. So if this is you, celebrate with me by understanding and appreciating kintsugi. going to change tact again and I'm going to share with you why I actually started Courage Unraveled. Back in 2014 I was undertaking a master's in adult education and part of what I was doing so one of the units I was doing was studying character strengths positive psychology and the transformative effect of focusing on courage and the byproducts of grit strength and resilience really appealed to me because it actually highlighted how it increased self-esteem and confidence. So that was one reason. Another reason why I started Courage Unraveled was because I was fearful. That was from childhood, you know, stepping out of line, being overly protected, having anxious parents, also the culture instilling fear and shame in their kids. COVID-19 played a big role as the impetus in getting people's voices heard. And those with courageous stories needed to be heard so that people who are in a difficult place could be inspired and lift themselves up. And this was really important for me because I remember in my work as a business advisor during the intense time of COVID where I live, that was around March, April, May, people's trauma, people's overwhelm, people's anxiety, there was no outlet for a lot of them. They were just really struggling or floundering. And I thought, you know what, people need some stories of hope and hence Courage Unraveled. Courage Unraveled also gives people a voice, you know, the courage to actually tell their story. And the poet David White describes humans as a habitat of unique genius. Each of us is a conversational frontier made up of, of our mother, our father, our ancestors, and of our own experiences. So why not turn it into a story and share that with others? Because it all becomes part of our cellular memory and the memory becomes unlocked through a key and whether that key is a word, an image, a song, a smell, and it then has the opportunity to make its way out as a conversation or a story. And you get to hear that. It may even help you in your own healing. This is what people give when sharing stories. They give part of their unique landscape to the listener, especially around courage, because some of the stories are deeply personal. With some of the stories you listen to on Courage Unraveled, People open up for the first time. They become vulnerable for the first time. And this to me is people being courageous, simply the act of having a conversation with me as the vessel, essentially. This is the power of healing. It's also being open and surrendering to that vulnerability, being inspired to take action. You, the listener, knowing that you can get through or overcome whatever adversity or challenge you are facing right now, 
I mean, I know the stuff that I went through as a kid and right through my teenage years. Look, it's helped me grow and really get stronger and resilient within myself. Now that you know why I started Courage Unraveled, you know why I mentioned Patreon in every episode. If you connect with my message and how it has the potential to truly benefit others, please pledge your support. Visit Patreon via my website, courageunraveled.com forward slash podcasts. I have a message to anyone listening to this who is a perpetrator of domestic violence or has an addiction which negatively impacts you and the people that you live with. I urge you to seek help for your own healing, for the sake of your children's healing and for your spouse's healing. You can do it. The first step is awareness and then doing something about it so that you can make positive change happen in your life, which will then move into the life of your family. You just don't need to live in continued pain and suffering. I ask my guests, who is someone that they admire as being courageous? Well, I have two people from the same family, and that's my sister-in-law, Heidi, for all that she's gone through in her life, and also my father-in-law, Doug. Now, these two are amazing in the sense that they've gone through some pretty tough times with their health, and from a young age regarding my sister-in-law, Heidi, and their resilience to actually bounce back from their health challenges over the years has been remarkable. I'm not here to share their story, but I just wanted to give them a mention because they, to me, epitomise courage. I also asked my guests, are they courageous? And the answer to that for me is sometimes. I started this podcast and that was a courageous move on my part because before podcasting, SANA and technology did not connect very well. Now, by doing these interviews and listening to the podcasts, I'm also learning to grow and cultivate my courage muscle, just like you. And we all know that change doesn't come by being comfortable, sadly. I'd like to say that I've well and truly flexed my courage muscle today. And I want to say thank you very much for listening to this episode. It is an important topic as it is so broad reaching in its effects. If you have been triggered by anything today with what I've spoken about, please make contact with an appropriate mental health professional to discuss it further. To grow and cultivate your own courage muscle, buy your very own courage journal. If you're in Australia, you can jump onto courageandrebel.com and if you live elsewhere, you can find the journals available online on platforms like Amazon, Booktopia and Book Depository. It is such a personal joy knowing that people are listening to these podcasts, you know, Please continue to subscribe, listen, share episodes with others and leave a five-star review if you love what you hear. This is something Catherine shared recently in a review. You're inspiring me, Sana, to get courageous and step out of my comfort zone a little more. I'm really enjoying your podcasts and your journal is on my shopping list. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for listening, everyone, and stay courageous. My name is Sana Turnock and I'm your host.